You are listening to Proudly Resents. Oh, reason. I, I can't and I hear you well. Hi, this is Danny Wazell. Uh, proudly Resents. The Cult Movie Podcast. The Adam Biggest Men Show. To all you Proudly Resents listeners out there, just remember, you can't touch on hospitality. How Hey, the Razzie Awards have been around for over 30 years. This year, they're announcing the winners on April 1st. They give out the award for the worst movie of the year. They call themselves the opposite of the Oscars. We have the head Raspberry himself, the man who founded the Razzie organization over 30 years ago. It's John Wilson. He's very funny. We're going to talk about this year's nominees and what picks are for the worst movie and how the selection is made. There's also a controversy. And you say, would you fabricate a controversy like Piers Morgan just to get ratings? Okay, I will. A couple times, big celebrities have come to the Razzie Awards to accept awards for how bad they were in these films. So people are saying that now they only give out awards based on whether or not the celebrity will come to the award ceremony. Halle Berry, Tom Green, Sandra Bullock have all come in the past. I call her Sandy. We're very close. So did they win these awards just because they said they show up? John answers that clearly. I grill him. And unlike Piers Morgan, I do not ask him what he thinks of Obama. We started just talking. We started talking about the movie Old Dogs. John Wilson, John the Head Raspberry. So we start mid-conversation talking about the Old Dogs, and then we go into the Razzies. The, I think the saddest thing about um, Old Dogs is, I want to say his name is Austin Green, Seth Green, the guy that does uh, Robot Chicken right. was in that. And it's, you know, he's he's actually kind of funny in the spy movies that he does with Mike Myers as the son of the bad guy. But wow. Yeah. Yeah. It was, well, he was actually probably the best part of the film. I just don't... I, I, I can't get my head around why everything Hollywood does is based on something else or is like something else or is pitched as being something else with an element of something else. It just is, you know, and that movie, clearly they were trying to replicate, I think it was called Wild Hogs. Right. About the biker gang that had uh, Travolta and Tim Allen and I don't even remember who else. It was the same director. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, was, it's, it was very formulaic, and I was surprised that either of those films did well at all, although I think Old Dogs didn't do as well. I'm pretty sure it didn't. No, in fact, it did so bad, they stopped production on Wild Hogs too. <laughs> uh, and partly because everybody wanted so much money, but also that movie did so badly. We have a forum as part of our website, and as of this morning, somebody posted that there is going to be a human centipede three, <laughs> oh. which which in several categories came in sixth. It came real close to getting a bunch of nominations, and it just you know. I don't know why would you support that movie? It's so gross. Well, that was that was part of my thinking. One of the are you you need to start the interview. Uh, we're recording, so we can talk. Okay. Part of what I do as the founder and head Raspberry, I always cast my ballot last so that if there's a tie or if something is within a vote or so, I, I get to decide was it really a tie or not. And like with Lindsay Lohan and uh, I Know Who Killed Me, it was a tie and I thought that was funny. 
Right. Um, she won two Worst Actress Awards for playing the two characters. <laughs> but um, with Human Centipede 2 Full Sequence, I think is what the complete title was, I did factor that into how I voted because it was within a, you know, it was close enough that I could have thrown it to that. And I thought, you know what? They would probably think it was cool and they would think we were endorsing their movie. And no. <laughs> so... <laughs> I'm trying to remember what I think it was New Year's Eve and that were that were both neck and neck in several categories. Yeah, what are some of the considerations you come through? Is it like a well, it'd be better to have a commercial film like New Year's Eve than some small crappy film? <laughs> well, we we do try to focus on what movies that we say have no excuses um, that were released by major studios that have recognizable names that were distributed widely we will sometimes make exceptions in the 80s anytime Pia Zadora did anything it qualified um <laughs> in the in the late 80s and early 90s anything that that uh Bo Derek did pretty much qualified and forever and still today if she ever makes another movie Madonna gets a pass but um the three basic criteria that we use to decide what should be considered. We do look at Rotten Tomatoes, at the tomato meter, and anything that scores under about 35%, I would say, is probably the high-end cutoff, um, is likely to be given some consideration. Anything that scores under 25 more so, and we actually have a nominee for Worst Picture this year that literally got a zero, um, Bucky Larson, Born to be a Star. That is such was, an awful oh my, film. God, that movie was. I I actually watched it with my production partner, and she wouldn't. She got up three minutes into it and said, "You know what? I don't really need to wash my hair, but that's my excuse. I'm not watching this." And it, yeah, it just. But we also we also look at, and again, Bucky Larson qualified on this criteria as well. We also look at box office. That's Hollywood's own measure of what is considered a success. And Bucky Larson, according to Box Office Mojo, cost $10 million to produce and grossed barely two, I believe. Mm -hmm. So that one is a doubleheader. And then the other thing that we look at, and it's unique to us, we call it Razzie Pedigree. The people involved in this project, do they have a history with us? Have they won? Have they been nominated? Are they perennials? Are they what we call Razzie Repeat Offenders? And Adam Sandler is the big <laughs> Razzie repeat offender this year. Over the previous 31 years, 11 of his achievements, quote unquote, had been nominated. This year alone, he doubled that. He has set a new record because he was involved in writing and producing Bucky Larson. He starred in, co-wrote, and co-produced uh, Just Go With It. And the big one this year, which actually has more nominations, then we have categories, Jack and Jill, he also co-wrote, starred, and co-produced. And so between all those three films and all the categories, he actually more than doubled Eddie Murphy's old record. Eddie Murphy with Norbit, because he was nominated separately for three different characters, had held the record with five nominated achievements in a single year. So he's also the, the star and the co-star of well, Jack he, and yes, Jill. Well, yes, Adam Sandler in this particular case, Adam Sandler is... He did get nominated as Worst Actor for his performances in both Jack and Jill and Just Go With It. And it's a running joke that we've done for years, and there's a plethora of them this particular year. When a guy performs in drag or a woman 
tries to play a male character, we put them in the category of the character. And Sandler is, he, he got more votes than anything else on our nominating ballot in the category of worst actress as the female twin in Jack and Jill. And it looks likely that at least that one award, he's probably going to win. I right, heard it here first. So what about, um, there's other men, uh, isn't it? Yeah, we've also got in the same category of worst actress with Adam Sandler. We also have Martin Lawrence doing an unnecessary, unwanted third Big Mama movie. I don't understand, again, who was asking for that other than Martin Lawrence's agent? <laughs> Yeah. And then in supporting, there are two drag performances. Uh, the guy who plays, I think his name is Brandon T. Jackson, the guy who plays Big Mama's son, who in this third film is coerced into also donning drag and um, trying to solve, I think it's a murder at an all-girls school. And then it's really just a cameo, but you really, when you realize who it is, you're just like, ah. Um, David Spade with huge bazooms plays a bully who beats up Katie Holmes at the end of Jack and Jill in a bar. And I think his character's named Monica. And he also, I think it's, so there are four drag performances nominated this year. Hey, I thought this would be a good place to take a quick break. If you uh, like this episode, continue listening, it gets better. Put it on your Facebook page, put it on Twitter, put any episode you like up there. Let people know. Uh, word of mouth, if you like one of these episodes. If you want to put it on Facebook in the middle of the night so no one knows he did it, so you won't look like a dork. I'm cool with that, I get it. I get it. Hold on. Go back and listen to old episodes. There's a lot of good episodes. Anyone with Nico is hilarious. We talk about old dogs, which we mentioned before, and last year I interviewed John Wilson, and he gave a history of the Razzies, so if you want to know more about the Razzies, go to our website, ProudlyResents.com, go to iTunes, and rate us on iTunes, but if you can, just put something on Facebook, Reddit, or one of those sites, we'll mention for us, that'd be awesome. Now, here's the question. Do you think Adam Sandler should go to the Razzies? Should he have a sense of humor about this terrible movie and go and have a good time? Or should he just be like, ah, people won't remember by April, so hopefully I can skirt by and do another 13 movies, whether they're good or bad. I I think, you know, I have mixed feelings. Maybe he should go and have a sense of humor. And the other side is people might just forget if he doesn't keep bringing it up. So go to our Facebook page. Tell us what you think. You can also just press like on Facebook for the posting, and that just says you think he should come to the Razzie. So go to Facebook and make a comment. Go to iTunes and leave a comment about what do you think Adam Sandler should go to the Razzies or not. And if you want to go, I want to go. John, hook me up. John, hook me up. All right. We come back to the show. I just asked John Wilson, head of the Razzies, the group that gives awards for the worst movie of the year, why he nominated Katie Holmes for Worst Supporting Actress for Jack and Jill. Yes, it's a terrible film, but she did a good job in it, and there's really no reason, I think, to nominate her. Here is his rationale. All film awards, if they're honest, admit that what's called zeitgeist, the attitude toward them as people in the universe, plays a role in it. Um, We always argue that even if the person really didn't stink in the movie, they read the script. They knew what they were signing up to be part of. And in Katie Holmes' case, she is the least offensive one in the film. I would grant you that. But there's not a lot of competition there. Almost everyone else in that movie is a buffoon or a racial stereotype 
or somebody in a mask or somebody in drag. I mean, there's almost nothing you can point to in that movie that works. I had read that um, Adam Sandler actually was really upset by the way the movie came out, that it wasn't, that people didn't go see it. He was more, he was really upset about it. <laughs> well, if, if he co-produced it and he has a writing credit on it and he played the two central characters, who's he pointing at? Who's he complaining about? I mean, I would have argued someone should have told him when they read that script, you know what, this isn't going to work unless you really commit to this. Just out of curiosity, after having seen Jack and Jill and somewhat to cleanse my palate of the aftertaste, I actually watched Tootsie because I thought, you know, I remember that being a really a great cross-dressing performance where you didn't think everyone in the movie was an idiot because they believed this was a woman. And Dustin Hoffman, so committed to that role, I think it was appropriate he was nominated for an Oscar for that. I think that's a great movie. I hadn't remembered how good it was. This is just some guy who thinks, I put on a wig and I'm funny. No, it's not inherently funny, especially not when you have as part of your plot that at a certain point, the character who is female refuses to go on the date with Al Pacino, the cousin, the cousin, the twin who is male, dresses up as the female twin, and there is no difference at all in the two performances. And we're supposed to believe that Al Pacino, who is all over, his hands are all over the Sandler character in this sequence, that he doesn't realize it's not the female twin, that it's the guy in a wig with coconuts in his blouse. It's just so, it's insultingly idiotic. I mean, it's beyond bad. It's like, how dumb do you think the moviegoer is that they would buy this? Pacino would never date a woman in her 40s. Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> Way too old. Well, I would like to think that he's discerning enough that, yes, a guy who looks like Adam Sandler in a wig wouldn't be high on his list. They do try to explain it. At some point, um, they suggest that the fact that the twins were born in the same neighborhood where Pacino was and that there's some emotional connection there. But the, the other thing that's, that's bizarre about Al Pacino's involvement in um, Jack and Jill, he's actually play, he's supposed to be himself. He's supposed to be Al Pacino. And there are scenes where he's taking cell phone calls while he's on stage performing Shakespeare. The scene I'm, I was talking about earlier where he's on a date with the guy with coconuts in his blouse and he doesn't, I mean, it, it just, it makes him look like a complete idiot. And they're telling you this is Al Pacino doing all this stuff. Oh, I, I love, I thought this scene was very funny with the uh, cell phone in the, He's doing uh, Shakespeare and his phone gets... And he's doing like Richard III or something. Yeah. <laughs> right. And he takes the but, call and people... I would, I would like to believe that for the humiliation they subjected him to, Al Pacino was very well compensated for doing this. And quite frankly, the way that Sandler and his co-authors wrote the script, they pretty much had to have Al Pacino to make that stupid joke about the Al Pacino Frappuccino at Dunkin' Donuts work. The whole premise had to have Al Pacino. I don't think there's a lot of other actors whose names rhyme with Frappuccino. <laughs> right, have to, it's really hard to find Josh Harnett, and I don't know who knows. But do you, there was a lot of product placement in that movie. Eugene Coca, who could be Mocha, but <laughs> <laughs> she's available. No, if she's still alive, who knows? Yeah, I don't know. She's if she, yeah, she's probably 112. She's 90, yeah. She'd, she'd have to be 90, I would think, because she was on television when I was born, and I'm no spring chicken. Have you ever been approached by a publicist to get their client's movie in the Razzies? 
No, no, not really. Um, we did a couple of years back. There was somebody nominated for a movie that uh, I thought was a pretty awful sequel. I'm not going to say who, what it was because you'll know who it is. But they came at us saying, if you will rig the vote so that we win, we will show up and accept and I just said, NFW, I'm not going to do that. No, you're not, you know, you aren't a big enough name for one thing. And it would destroy the credibility of something I've spent, you know, decades building. We don't do that. We don't, you know, rig anything so that we can get a celebrity. Now, I will admit, a couple of years ago when Sandra Bullock won, the fact that she went all over the place announcing she would show up, that probably skewed the vote. She, you know, when she showed up, she did say, I said I'd show up and I won. That's interesting. She's probably right there, but the vote itself was accurately counted. She did get more than 50% of the vote for that performance. So you think that with her, in that case, people might have voted for her because they knew she was coming, but... They, yes, she probably got more votes having said she would show up than she would have just based on, you know, I personally thought Megan Fox in, I think it was Jennifer's Body and the second Transformers film, I believe, with the two she was in that year. I thought she deserved it more, Um but you can also make an argument that all about Steve, some people think we gave Sandra Bullock worst actress for Blindside. No, we didn't. The picture was called All About Steve, and it was something her own production company developed, and she had a producer credit on it. And in the case of Megan Fox, just about the only excuse she had is, it, you know, she was hired, but Sandra Bullock was instrumental in getting All About Steve made. So she can't. She doesn't have the excuse that it, you know. Oh, I just signed up. No, it was something she nurtured. But you couldn't change the votes. No, I, we didn't. No, we. I did. Um, we did send the membership a link the first time she said she was going to show up. We we disseminated it to the members because we thought they should know. But when the votes came in, we counted them accurately, and she did legitimately or illegitimately win the worst actress award. Yeah, nothing was was played with, but her saying she would show up. Yeah, she. Uh, yeah, the members thought the idea of her attending was interesting enough that it probably skewed the vote. Is that the same with Tom Green or Catwoman? Well, Halle Berry didn't clarify that she was going to attend until thirty six hours before the show went on. And part of the arrangement we had, I think it was her publicist we were dealing with, part of the arrangement we had is that I was not to tell anyone. We were not to announce it. It was not to be known. And that was a total surprise to the audience. In fact, for about two seconds when she walked out, people thought it was a, an imitator. But when they saw the Oscar in her hand and realized it's a real Oscar, yeah, they just went nuts. And um, Tom Green publicly yeah i think he went on leno and said he was going to show up and then he he kind of hedged at the last minute and was trying to back out and we said well, well here's what we've done we're showing the clip of you on leno saying you're going to show up and we've made signs that say reserved for tom green and his horse because of the scene where he masturbated the horse and we said quite frankly the joke if you're not there it's just as funny so if you can't make it fine <laughs> wow and then he showed up yes he he did because he realized that he probably would look even worse if he had said he would show up and did not did you know at that point that he had won 
Yeah, that that movie, I have to say, of all the things that have ever won Worst Picture, and there's 30-some by now, that's the only one I actually hate. I thought that was a disgusting, tasteless, mean-spirited movie. Um, and in the form of the Razzies being a slap in the face, which they usually are not, that film did deserve what it got. But, um, yeah, he and I'm trying to remember what his competition was. I think Pearl Harbor was one of the other pictures. I think Driven with Burt Reynolds and Sylvester Stallone was another one that year. I don't remember all of the all of the other choices that were available. But yeah, that that that's another one kind of like Bucky Larson. Um, it's just an indefensible little movie. It's next to impossible to make a case that this is, should even exist. Larson will probably win Worst Picture of the Year? I honestly don't know. I think because it's much more high profile and um, Adam Sandler is sure a heck of a lot better known than Nick Swartzen. Uh, on the merits, the case can be made that probably Bucky Larson should win Worst Picture, but I, I, my gut says it's likelier to be Jack and Jill because, again, as with the Oscars, if you look at how many nominations each of the films got, that's a pretty good indicator of how much our members don't care for something. And the fact that Bucky Larson, I think, has six and Jack and Jill has 12, the odds favored Jack and Jill. Now, do you know of anyone showing up as Nick or Adam Sandler coming to the Razzies? Well, we, we once it's clear whether or not he's likely to win, we intend to contact his people and say, you know, we think it would be a very smart promotional move to accept if if he the one we would want him to accept would be worst actress in drag and we have been saying in our press materials and at the press conference announcing the nominations we've been saying that if he chose to follow in the footsteps of Halle Berry and Sandra Bullock he would be the first worst actress winner to literally have the balls to accept the award are you besides it being a funny joke um are you saying that so you can get people well, to we, we, you know I, I think if he showed up and had fun with it he'd be smart if he showed up and and argued or was unpleasant or whatever no that would not be smart that would make him look even worse but if if he can embrace it and have fun with it of course anyone who's who's you know, willing to come play in the sandbox with us. We're not going to tell them they can't, and we're, we're not going to give them any guidelines as to what they can or can't say or do. Um, Halle Berry's speech, she actually sat down with a friend who was a damn good comedy writer and wrote an eight-minute riff on her own Oscar speech, which had only been a year or two earlier. In Sandra Bullock's case, she showed up with a little red wagon full of DVDs, and she accused us of not having seen the film, and it was available on video. I don't know. I had seen it. Um, but she distributed copies to everybody. And, and the promise that she made, which I thought was interesting, and she wasn't taken up on it. She said, watch the film. If you think, if you decide after seeing it that I'm not the worst, I want to give the award back and I will take you all out for drinks. And nobody who watched their DVD said, oh, we were wrong. <laughs> that was a terrible movie. Was, that was the wrong movie for her to make that bet. Well, she had... she. Part of what happened with that film is it actually was made, I think, a couple of years before it ever got released. And I believe it was Fox that released it. They held on to it. They didn't think it was releasable. But when they had made it, nobody knew who Bradley Cooper was, who played the guy she's stalking. 
and her career, <coughs> excuse me, <clears throat> Bullock's career was not doing well. And then Proposal and Blindside came along and suddenly this, and Hangover helped um, Bradley Cooper become well known. Suddenly something they thought they could never get away with releasing was releasable. And it actually did something like 37 million, which is pretty good for something that awful. It probably broke even. Yeah, it was really bad. It was like two bad movies. Well, one. it was excruciating. Her, her character, um, I saw it in a theater and then um, for notes to do the show, I watched it on video a second time. In the theater, the scene where the people on the bus ask her to shut up and she won't and they vote to throw her off the bus, the movie theater audience applauded when they threw her off the bus. <laughs> that I have to say that's one of the most obnoxious characters I've ever seen and she was trying to be cute you know she really didn't mean to be horrible she thought she was being cute and it just did not work no it was very bad so you think if you said like you know by telling the voters that Adam Sandler could show up or you know you would go after Sandler if you voted we'll for try, if, if it's clear that he he, he is likely to win we certainly are going to at least reach out and say, if you want to do it, we'll work with you. Great. And, he, and then the voters know that before they vote. No, not really. No. With it, like I said, with Sandra Bullock, she went on the Today Show and The View and, you know, Leno. She went all over the place saying she would show up. She publicized the fact without our having done anything. And she kind of painted herself into a corner, to be honest. We got the impression her publicist did not want her to attend the Razzies um, and was doing it at Bullock's behest, arranging everything. But no, we, with Sandler, we will approach him once it's clear if there's a trend toward him. We don't, again, the last thing you want is someone attending the Razzie Awards and not winning. That would be just about the worst possible situation <laughs> to be in. You would just look like a total dork. Yeah, it's, and the voters know that if they vote for Sandler, you will go after him. We haven't really, you know, the joke about having the balls to accept the award, that's calling him out in a way. Right. And um, the press who were there, and we have that remark in, you know, we, we are doing what we can to make it clear if he wants to do it, yeah, we, we'd work with him. But no, we're not, we're not telling the members to vote for him because we think, he, I don't honestly know if Sandler has, you know, a good enough sense of self-deprecating humor to do this we i couldn't tell you yeah i don't know i from what i heard that he's he thought the movie was good and he's upset that it didn't do well i don't know it's kind of yeah it's it, it from one project to another um a little tiny horrible movie um oh god what was the name of it it's uh i'm, I'm spacing on it i'm tired um it had the woman who was Jim Carrey's girlfriend for a long time. The oh, my God. Uh, love stinks. Love hurts. Yeah, yeah, love hurts. Jennifer McCarthy. That thing, yeah, that thing. It's was, awful. Oh, jeez, was that awful. And that, that beat out a whole bunch of big budget, awful stuff that year. And again, it turned out, we thought, well, you know, maybe she has a sense of humor. She, very similarly to what you're saying about Sandler, she, Jenny McCarthy, I believe is her name, she did not think it was funny that we said that it stank. And again, I don't think we were alone in that. I think 95% or more of critics on Rotten Tomatoes hated that thing. Or higher. Uh, 
Yeah, and, and it depends. We also heard uh, when Mike Myers and Love Guru won a bunch of them a few years ago, we did make an effort and we were told that this was a film that he thought was funny and in the same vein, he was not amused that we were saying it, it <laughs> stank. You know, it, it does take a certain degree of, of either self-confidence or I guess a sense of humor, I don't know to participate in something with us. We, we understand that. It's, n it's not an ex expectation that somebody's going to embrace this and say, oh, thanks for saying I suck. But it is a very wise publicity move. Um, Halle Berry, anytime anyone brings up Catwoman now, it's in the context of, wow, you had the guts to accept a Razzie Award for that. And it's, she turned it into a positive. And it really is a wretched, not, not even a little movie. That was a huge budget, wretched mess of a movie. Um, and she owned it and, and had fun with it. And she put it behind her in many ways. Today, uh, I'm taping a bunch of episodes. And in the future, we're going to have a review of Jim Cotta. And that's a movie you guys oh, honored. <laughs> I don't even remember his name. But yes, the, the guy from that. I believe, I don't remember if he was nominated for Worst Actor. I know he was nominated for Worst New Star, which is a category that we gave up on a few years back. Why is that? Well, you, it has to be somebody who is making a debut, and a lot of people nowadays, um, there aren't that many new names. The industry doesn't really pull somebody out of obscurity and put them in a movie. And, and more often than not, when they do these days, it's somebody who actually isn't awful. Um, the other category that's come and gone over the years, and it, right now we aren't doing it anymore, is Worst Song. We used to have a lot of fun with that, but it just requires so much research to find the wretched song. You know, to find five of them is a real pain. So we don't, you know, we actually used to do live dramatic readings of the stupid lyrics, which was a lot of fun. Anything to expect this year? Anything different you guys are doing? We are talking about and trying to arrange for this year's new category, we broke off screen couple and screen ensemble and made them separate categories. We are talking about um, finding a way to let the public as well as our members vote on that one category. And we're in discussions with, with a major website about possibly doing that. I don't want to say who it is because we haven't completed the deal yet. Um, and it's interesting. Copy serve. That's a terrible idea. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry. PayPal. No. <laughs> Every time you pay for something, you get to vote. Um, <laughs> we also, um, for the first time that I can recall, the five worst picture nominees are also the five contenders for worst director, worst screenplay, and the worst ensemble award. They all line up, and I don't think that's ever happened before. Can you just tell us real quick what movies they are? Bucky Larson, Born to be a Star. Oof. Jack and Jill, of course, New Year's Eve, which is kind of a bogus sequel to Valentine's Day. A um, couple of big moneymakers made the final five. Transformers 3, Dark of the Moon, which is a sequel to a Worst Picture winner from a couple of years ago. And they, this is a perennial when they do the last one. I'm sure it'll be nominated again. Twilight Saga, Breaking Dawn, Part 1 which I have to say is the funniest movie I saw last year. I, and I was not the only person in the theater laughing. There were lots of little girls shushing me, but I thought that was a hilarious movie. They're all really funny. And people, yeah. They're, and they're so, the, the idea that a, a dramatic movie about an 18-year-old 
morose girl. I mean, she's the character. I guess she's playing what Stephanie Meyer wrote. But the character of Bella is so boring and so and whiny. And then the idea that in anyone's real life experience, they would have to choose between a sparkly vampire and a shirtless werewolf to be their boyfriend. It's just, <laughs> it's inherently ludicrous. And yet, you know, 11, 12, and 13-year-old girls, and then it jumps up to 45-year-old women, think that, that that stuff is just so romantic. It's stupid. It, it's weird. I think it's like the ultimate teenage fantasy that your love life or your gossip or whatever is so important. And it, and it really is in this movie. It's, it is life and death. But, you know, when you're 13, everything is life and death. But it's, it's funny that it really is. Well, I, it was a long time ago, but yes, I was 13 at one time. <laughs> and this particular one, I have to say, of the, I think they've done four, and there there's one more still coming. Um, of the four, this most recent one is the most ludicrous, because she does finally marry the sparkly vampire, and she gets pregnant, and the werewolves have a meeting. That was my favorite scene, where the wolves are in a lumberyard, discussing what to do and you're hearing taylor lautner's voice over a really bad cgi wolf that's drooling i just thought <laughs> that's amazing well thank you john thank you so much. when when is the awards and how can people see well, it we are doing a different schedule this year we have always wanted to announce our winners in quotes on april fool's day and we decided to go for it we shifted everything back we announced nominations on oscar eve at a press conference we will be doing a show on april fool's sunday to announce what the winners are um if people want to participate they can go to our website and join a large percentage of our voting membership is average moviegoers who pay annual dues um if they want to see it we will be posting stuff on our youtube channel hopefully within a short period after we've done the show it depends on what happens with our budget we are always scrambling to to keep this thing going because obviously the industry doesn't embrace it <laughs> well i'll see you there at the razzies good luck thank you so much thanks bye and, for now. <laughs> Adam, that, we're, we're out of time for this interview.